So tonight we're gonna talk about something that each and every one of us really, really need in our life. It's called water. When I walked in the door, I headed straight to the kitchen and I said, hey, is there any way I can get a bottle of water? So before I had come up here tonight, um, after work, I had went to my sister and brother-in-law's store and I had gotten something to eat and I grabbed a buffalo chicken sandwich. Very good, but very spicy. And I love spicy and I ran out of water. So the last half of that sandwich was with no water. So when I got here, I went straight for, hey, is there any way I could get a bottle of water? Because water is something that each and every one of us need. There's some people that don't like it a whole lot. So they'll sometimes sprinkle like those little flavored packets down in it, you know, that maybe give it a little bit of extra taste. But every single one of us need water. Because water is a precious commodity. It is a must have. It is a necessity. We can go longer without food than we can go without water. Our bodies have to have it. I don't know about you all, but we have a well. And some of you have heard my stories about my well smelling like sulfur so bad that you even go to the basement door and I could smell the egg smell from outside of my house as I was getting ready to enter into the house because one of our filtration systems had broken down. So when you have a well, there are times that you're especially thankful for water because if we lose electricity, we lose water as well. And so water is so important. You think about how earlier this summer, it was getting pretty dry there at my house. Everything was turning brown. And when it started raining, I didn't want to be a complainer of, are you kidding me, rain again? Instead, I was like, no, Krista, everything's turning green and it's nice and fresh and we got water. It's not all brown and crispy under your feet. We got water. When we think about water, we think about one of the uh, stories in the Bible that comes to our minds so much is the woman at the well. That is a story that can, talks about the water that Jesus gives, living water. But I want to tell you a little bit about people who live in other countries where water is in short supply. I just want to give you a few statistics here. And imagine yourself having to walk an average of 3.7 miles to get water. Every morning, every night. Imagine to walk for five hours to get 50 gallons of water to carry on your back. Imagine that you have to walk for five hours every day of your life starting at the age of eight to get water. Do you know there are children in other countries where literally the girls, by the time they are eight years old, they will spend every single day of their life, five hours a day, sometimes even up to eight and 10 hours a day, doing nothing but hauling water for their families. Imagine being one of one billion people in the world that does not have clean water. Imagine that the water you get 
is a brown substance that is muddy. And that's the water you have to use to cook with, drink, give to your children, your animals, water your crop, clean your house, wash your clothes. Could you imagine? You think about the Ganges River. How many have ever seen a picture of the Ganges River in India? The Ganges River in India is a very sacred river to the Hindus. It is where they perform rituals for their religion, but it is also used as a bathroom and a place to wash clothes and to draw water from for cooking. It's filthy. Wars are started and even continue to this day over water. And 3.3 million people die from water-related health problems. Now, why do I bring all of this up? Because water is so important. Religions have many uses for water. Water is used for purification before worship. Water is used for baptizing Christians. Water is used in some religions for sprinkling babies. In the Old Testament, the Lord told Moses to have the children of Israel wash their clothes to prepare them for the Lord's appearance on Mount Sinai. That's in Exodus 19. Mount Sinai is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. The priest had to wash their hands and feet every time they went into the tabernacle of meeting or near the altar to minister, lest they should die from being unclean to do the Lord's work. That's in Exodus 30. The priest had to be washed with water before putting on the holy garments, anointed and sanctified so that they could minister as a priest. That's in Exodus 40. In the Bible, drawing from a well was a daily activity. Abraham's servant picked out Isaac's bride at a well. You remember that story? And he prayed, he said, okay, God, whoever that girl is that comes and she offers me water and also the water for my camels, that will be the one that I am to take back to Isaac as a bride. And that girl worked hard to water those camels. Has anybody ever heard of how many gallons upon gallons of water a camel will drink in one t- at one time? It's a tremendous amount. Wells were named after people, as in Jacob's well. Wells were where the town's meeting places were and the social hubs of the town. We read in John 4, we read of the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Such a beautiful story. I've talked to you about this before and where Jesus talks to her and he confronts her about her living in sin and so forth. And he tells her in verse 13 of John chapter four, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus was saying that the water from this well will only satisfy your physical body for a short time and then you will be back again and again because you're gonna need water again. 
Once this bottle of water is empty, I'm going to want another one, right? Or I'm going to want a glass at the house. But the water that Jesus was offering to the woman at the well was a water that satisfies over and over. It would be like a fountain fountain springing up inside. In John 6, 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In John 7, 37 through 38, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. As we have heard in the very beginning when I first started, I I mentioned how water is a precious commodity. It is something that the body has to have for survival. Do you know that as water is to the body, salvation is to the soul? And yet there are often times that we take water for granted, isn't there? Aren't we all used to being able to just go up to the faucet and just turn it on and there's water? Aren't we all just so spoiled that when we turn on the hot, give it long enough, the hot water's gonna come? Or whenever you're really needing something cool and refreshing, you turn on the cold and it's going to be cold. We take that for granted that there is water. And yet I was talking about how earlier there are so many people in the world that do not get to take water for granted. But what I want to talk to us also about tonight is the fact that sometimes we take our salvation for granted. Sometimes we don't treat it as the precious commodity that it truly is. Our salvation is precious. Our salvation is a gift. Our salvation was bought for us with a price. The price of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. The fact that God sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Our salvation is precious and it's not something for us to take lightly or for granted. It is something that we are to be thankful for. It is something that we are to see as being precious. It is something that we are to see as something that has to be uh, taken care of and nurtured. We can't treat our salvation as something that we take for granted, but rather as a precious treasure. Matthew 13, 44 through 46 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. We also should not take God's word for granted. In Psalms 119, verse 162, it says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Just imagine 
being one of those who has to walk for five hours a day to get water. If you were going to a well that you just walked to five hours to get to, when you finally got that water, would you not be very, very careful to not want to drop any of it? You would want to be sure that you kept every drop of that in your container. You would want to be steady with your steps and with your feet. You, you, would, you would want to watch where you were walking because you wouldn't want to fall and end up spilling all of that water out on the dry ground. You, you would want to be careful. You would walk with a sprint in your step, even though carefully you would walk with a sprint in your step because you knew that once you get home, you still had other jobs and other things that you had to do. You would be walking with a purpose in carrying that water. Let's say that you were at a well and it was crowded with all of these other women. You would want to be getting in there too to get your amount of water, wouldn't you? You think about how people have to do just to get their physical water, yet so many times we as Christians do little to nothing concerning our spiritual needs. Water is a physical need, but we have spiritual needs, spiritual needs that can only be met through our reading the Bible, praying, seeking God's face, being in his presence, being around other Christians for encouragement. Those are things that we all need to take as being precious just imagine if we as Christians treated our salvation as precious as the women treat their water. Think about that for a second. Do we treat our salvation as sacred, as, as precious, as valuable as they have to treat their water every day? I remember several years ago, we've had well problems quite a few times. We've had to replace the pump. We've had all kinds of issues. I wish we could just get some city water, but anyway, for some reason, they don't want to bring it out to us, so we're out to where they don't want to bring it, but uh, at least not yet. But I remember this one time that when you would, with our well, you would turn on those, the faucet and the water would come out and it would look clear. It looked clean. And if you had put a cup up underneath of there, it still looked like it was clean. But the second that that water got joshled up, you would see all of the stuff from the bottom of the cup coming to the top. And it was nasty. It was black. And of course we had to have our well worked on. But I remember thinking, that is gross. I would not drink that. I wouldn't want to have to drink that or use that for cooking. You know, as Christians, there are many times that we are drinking from sources that are not clean for us. Think about it. Are there ever times that we as Christians 
are drinking from something that is not clean. I heard the expression one time that if someone offered you a bottle of water and it looked really, really good and you were super thirsty and you went to go take a drink of that and all of a sudden they said to you, oh, by the way, I put a drop of rat poisoning in that, but here it is. Would you still drink it? No. But how many times... We drink from something that has just a little drop of something bad in it. And we go ahead and take it in anyway. We do that spiritually sometimes, you know that? When we are filling ourselves up with the things of this world, it's like getting that little drop of rat poisoning in our water. That's what it's doing to our Spirit man. You know, you think about it. I wouldn't want my kids to drink dirty water. I wouldn't, as a mom, hand my kids a bottle of mud and say, here, drink from that. Being, you know, I was thinking, especially as my kids were younger, You know, there were often some times that I could be sitting there watching TV and think, oh, they don't even know what's going on on this show. They don't know what's happening. It's no big deal if I watch this in front of them. They're really not catching on to what it is. And then Holy Spirit would convict me. No, Krista, if you sit there and watch something that is not good, your kids are getting a part of that as well. That's like you handing them a bottle of mud to drink from. You're giving them dirty water. Does that make sense? And I know that this is hard. But you know, we can't even trust anymore to just set our kids down in front of the TV. Even if it's a child's TV show. It is amazing to me. You know, I grew up on the Flintstones, the Jetsons, uh, Bugs Bunny, um, the Roadrunner. Remember those old ones? Okay, that's what I grew up on. I mean, I think the worst thing that I saw was, you know, the Roadrunner or the coyote, they would get smashed by our huge rock and then they'd just come out from underneath of it and they'd keep going, right? Or like, I think it was Fred Flintstone who would every once in a while, he'd have a little angel sitting on one side telling him something. He'd have like a little devil sitting on the other side telling him something and he'd have to decide. Do you all remember that? Yeah. That, that was pretty much as bad as it got. You know, we would look at the Jetsons and we think, oh, that is crazy. They're flying around in cars. They're talking on a phone where they can actually see somebody. They're pushing buttons and their food pops out. We've already lived that, have we not? The Jetsons was already telling us what our world was going to be. I mean, whoever wrote that was a genius because they were already predicting what our future lives were going to be like. I mean... We even have vacuum cleaners that will run around and do their own thing. 
you know? But nowadays, that's not the way it is. May I caution, caution you strongly, whether you are a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, if you have children in your home, be so cautious of what they are watching. Be so cautious of what you are watching because they're seeing. Whether you think that they are or not, they're hearing, they're seeing. I heard something today and I assume I'm being recorded again tonight. So I'll probably just be saying stuff that will offend somebody, but oh well. I just heard today, everybody pretty well knows Paul Patrol. Everybody know Paul Patrol? Okay, super cute, all this sort of stuff. Well, guess what they just now are starting to introduce? A non-binary character. Do you know what that is? That means they're neither a male or a female character. This is in our children's cartoons. And believe me, this isn't the only one. This has been going on for years in cartoons. Does that not blow your mind and also scare you? I don't want my children drinking from something dirty in the physical. Why should we want them to be drinking something that is spiritually dirty? Whether it's our, something that ourselves are watching or something that they are watching with us or something that they are seeing so that we can go fix supper or get them out of our hair for a few minutes because we need a break. We need to be so very careful. Believe me, there have been times that I have started to watch something and then I've later had to be like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Okay, I guess I will not be continuing that. We have to be so cautious. Just as drinking from mud holes and dirty water makes a person physically sick, so does drinking from the world's water make one spiritually sick. It affects us. It pulls on us. We have to be cautious. Jesus told the Samaritan woman that if she drank from the water in the well, that she would thirst again. And drinking from the world will always leave you unsatisfied and thirsting for more. It may satisfy, satisfy for a season, but you will end up thirsty again. And that is why Jesus told the Samaritan woman that if she drank from the water that he could give her, that she would never thirst again. You know, I was thinking about these students that we were talking to and here just this last week, one of the young men that was there, he started asking questions that I wasn't expecting. And he says, what do you do when these, you feel like these things are being pushed and pushed and pushed on you? that you have to believe the way that they're telling you to believe. And that if you don't believe that the way that they're telling you to believe, that there's something wrong with you. 
And Andy was saying, how do I even know how to answer them? How do I know what to say? And I said to him and my husband as well, we were saying, you go to the word of God. You see what God's word says. You then decide this is what God's word says. And so no matter what you say to me, no matter how much you try to make me feel bad, I'm going to still believe and stand on what God's word says about it. And I could just see him trying to just take it all in. And I could see the struggle that he was feeling. And my heart went out to him. You know, if you try to mix dirty water and clean water, what's going to happen? Is the water that was clean going to stay clean when you mix it with something dirty? No, the dirty is going to contaminate the clean. So you have to be so careful. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, it says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you and I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There's something else that has really been sticking on my mind here. And I'm also been just really asking the Lord for guidance and direction. And it is the idea of us as Christians drinking from the well of spiritual leaders who are teaching and preaching false things. Let me say that again. Or let me say it in a similar way. Do you know that we as Christians can be listening to who we would think of as being a spiritual leader, but they're actually giving us dirty water because they're teaching heresy. They're a false teacher. You know, my eyes have been really opened here recently. And I think that we are in a time where we're going to have to be really cautious about who we are listening to, to receive spiritual food. You are so blessed to have Pastor Ivan and Pastor Cindy. You're so blessed. But can I say to you 
Do not assume that every preacher that you turn on the TV to or the radio to is telling you complete truth. Now, they may believe that they're telling you complete truth. That is where it is so crucial for us to know our Bibles for ourselves. So that when we hear a preacher or teacher saying something that just doesn't quite sound right, we can go to our scripture and we can say, I think that's wrong. Because this is what the scripture says. And may I also encourage you to not just read one verse and say, whoop, that's what it means. I read that one verse. No, we have got to learn. This is something that I am even trying to do more and more myself. Get into what the verses before are saying, what the verses after are saying, even the chapter before, the chapter after. Find out what is truly going on with that one verse. Because you know how easy it is for us to take one verse and take it to make it mean whatever we want it to mean? Sorry, guys, you're really quiet. I must be, I'm not trying to be hard. I feel like this is a warning to all of us because it says in the last days, there's gonna be false teachers and that even the elect will be deceived. That's what the scripture says. So we cannot just assume that because someone has the title of preacher, teacher, pastor, apostle, prophet, whatever, that they've got it all right. I'm going to read something to you. It's 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. The only thing that Scott and I can give these young adults at this college right now, the only thing that we can truly give them is God's word. Because the world is telling them every single thing else. 
Their teachers, their professors, everyone is telling them something else. The music, the TV, the movies, everything is telling them something else. So Scott and I have already talked about this. We want to just let them be so solid. Now, this has always been our aim, so don't think that it hasn't been. But it just feels like it's with a fervency like never before for us. In letting them be reminded and told, guys, if it's not in the Bible, don't believe it. If the Bible says it, believe it. If the Bible means it this way, then that's the way you're to mean it. If a preacher is telling you this, but it's not lining up with the Bible, then you don't listen to that preacher. Guys, I'm about ready to blow your mind. Andy Stanley. Has anybody been hearing what's happening to Andy Stanley? Charles Stanley's son, Andy Stanley. Guys, as young adult pastors and youth pastors, we have used his curriculum. We have used his books. We have used his DVDs. And I'm going to be honest with you, I will not use them again. Andy Stanley at his church, they are now hosting an LGBTQ acceptance conference where two men who are married are going to be part of the guest speakers. Guys, we have got, we have got to be careful who we're listening to. We have got to be careful who we're listening to. And he's not the only one. I was so shocked at how many of the Christian artists that we listen to on the radio every day for praise and worship music and Christian music have accepted the LGBTQ as wholeheartedly as in it's fully okay, it's fully all right, there's absolutely nothing wrong. And I'm listening to their music on the radio. It's on the Christian radio. Guys, we're going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. This is what the Bible says, and this is it. This is my absolute. I absolutely draw the line here because this is what the Bible says. And I don't care who you are that's telling me different. This is what the Bible says. That is where we are at in a way that I think We've never been at before because the way of the world is coming at us in such a way like nothing has ever been before. And I think it's because of TV, of radio, of telephones, of computers, of all of this social media. We get it all at the palm of our hands. Who would have ever thought that we carry access to all of the information in the entire world in our hand when we carry a phone? You used to have to go to a library to use the computer. And you'd have to sit there while it dialed up. Now we carry any kind of information we want in our phone at any time. So if we are not careful of what it is that we are looking at and reading... 
we can be led astray. I just keep praying, dear God, may I know your truth. May I know your truth, God. I'm gonna be honest with you, this is my prayer. I don't want the truth of religion. I don't want the truth of denomination. I don't want the truth that's given to me from some pastor. I don't want Christus truth. God, give me your truth. Help me to be discerning. There's a whole thing that's going on in the Christian world. And it's, it's all about how every single person just goes to heaven. And it's being taught. Everyone just goes to heaven. There's a whole thing as well that's being taught that there is no hell. And you might would be totally shocked at some of the people that are preaching these things. We cannot listen only to those who give us what we want to our tickling ears. Oh, I like what they have to say. They tell me that God will bless me every single time. I like them a lot. They never speak of repentance. They never speak of salvation. They never speak of surrender. They never speak about dying to yourself and taking up your cross daily and following God. They just talk about how much God is going to take care of me. And if I send them $1,000, I'm going to get even more blessings. Ooh, I went there. That's how careful we've got to be. And then we've also got to pray for those brothers and sisters like Pastor Ivan and Pastor Cindy who are preaching God's word that God will continue to just shot up inside, shoot up inside of their bones the fire of Holy Spirit to give them guidance and to give them direction to be able to speak the truth and to speak the truth with boldness. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Lord that when they start hearing these things, that they're going to be able to be strong and stay strong in God's word to be able to know what is true and what is not true. I don't want a little bit of rat poison in my clean water. I don't want to drink from a dirty spout or a dirty well. I don't want to drink from a mud puddle. Does that make sense? We want to get from the well that Jesus provides. He gives us living water, does he not? That if we drink of it, we will never be thirsty. It's living water. It's like a well springing up inside of us. And the only way that we're going to be able to get that is if we spend time with him. Is if we spend time with him. You know what I think we've gotten away from? And I am just as guilty. I think... We've gotten away from just spending time with God in a quiet place where he can speak, where he can whisper to us, where he can nudge on us, 
where he can draw us closer. I think sometimes we're just so used to turning on the Christian radio when we get inside of it that we're so wrapped up in listening to the song. And yes, that song may minister to you, absolutely. But sometimes it's okay to turn it off and just spend time in prayer just between you and God in that car. There are times I have to literally get inside of the car and out of my habit of just automatically turning on the radio and be like, nope, you know what? I need to just pray. I don't need anything else on. Just, I, just, I need no other distractions, just me and God. I've had to do that. Or there have been times where it's like, you know what, Krista? You just need to read your Bible. You don't always have to be listening to somebody else preaching and teaching to you. I just need to read my Bible. May I encourage you to spend some time with the Lord in quiet. We don't always have to have the the preacher on. We don't always have to have the music on. I think we've lost what it means to just be praying, just reading my Bible, just me and God. I'm not saying that there's not time for the music. I'm not saying that there's not time for preaching. I'm not saying there's not time for teaching. You're here tonight, aren't you? But let's not neglect just sitting and just spending time with God without these other things and let God be able to speak to your heart It is amazing. Here just the other day, I was reading in my Bible and I was reading a verse and it's still happening. I've been a Christian since I was five years old. It's still happening. I was reading a verse and all of a sudden I read the verse before and then I read a couple more verses before it. And then I went down to a few verses afterwards and I was reading the whole, like several verses together and I'm like, wow. I never thought of it that way. Wow. You know, that's pretty cool to still get something from the same old scriptures you've read a hundred times and you still get that. That's neat. That's the word of God being the living word of God, right? That's it still being active, That even still, after all these years, I can read a Bible verse and I can be like, wow. Let's not neglect to have those moments, those times where it's just us and God. You know, sometimes I think, I know I have prepared for this. Pastor Cindy, when she gets up, she's prepared. When Pastor Ivan gets up, he's prepared. There's been study. There's been prayer. There's been going back and forth, rewording it, rewriting it, the whole nine yards. And then you get up here and you say something totally different. 
You know what that is? That's the person up here having toiled over the word to present to you. And then you get to sit there and you get to soak it all up like a sponge. How about you toil over the word for yourself so that when you come to hear someone else, it's just like, yes. I've read about that. Yes, Holy Spirit has talked to me about that before. Yes, I've had that revealed to me before when I was reading the scriptures. Yes, I know that story because I've read it myself. Does that make sense? Don't just sit there like a sponge and soak up what somebody else has toiled over. Toil over the word of God for yourself. You'll be amazed what God will say to you. You'll be amazed at what he opens up your eyes to. You'll be amazed at how your heart is stirred and how conviction will start bumping up inside of you saying, oh, Krista, no, no, no. See what my word says. Get it for yourself. Get it for yourself. Because heaven forbid you may not always have a Pastor Ivan and a Pastor Cindy teaching you the truth. You may have one of these false teachers, one of these false prophets that you're listening to. And you're going to be sucked into it because you haven't toiled over the word of God for yourself. And you'll be led astray. Because you won't know for yourself if what they are saying is right or wrong. Yes, I'm passionate. You know why I'm passionate? You want to know why I'm passionate? Because it says that in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. We must treat our salvation as precious. We must treat our salvation as a precious gift from God that I must protect and I must guard and I must fill it with truth and righteousness and what is of the Holy Spirit. We must be like one of those people who will walk for five hours to get their water at a well and they don't want to drop even a drop of it they don't want to lose a drop of that water because they've worked and walked so hard. They have toiled to go get that water. May God's word be like that for us. May our time with God be like that for us. May our praying be like that for us. May it be something where we're saying, God, if I never, if I'm like some of these people in other countries who never get to go to hear somebody else speak or preach to them because they're living in communism or they're living in a place where they'll be persecuted, what do they have? Them and God. That's all they have. And there are Christians right now today who literally, that's all they have is them and God. They don't have a pastor that they can run to every single time they've got their toes stubbed or every single time there's something wrong. 
All they've got is them and God. They don't take what they have in their relationship with Jesus Christ for granted. We can't either. Because it says in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. May we thirst after the things of God. May we thirst after the things of God. And may we have wisdom and discernment to know when we're hearing something, being taught something, being shown something that does not line up with the word of God. May we be quickened to know, wait a second, that's not what the scripture says. Wait a second, that's not what God's word says. I know because I've read it myself. This is not I'm fussing at you. This is not I'm trying to get down at you and make, be harsh on you or harsh on you. But as I listen to so many things happening, it concerns me. It concerns me greatly. Not just for those college students, but it concerns me for the church as a whole. There's this whole thing called deconstructing. Has anybody heard about that? Deconstructing your faith. There are so many Christian musicians, so many Christian authors, so many even ones that were once pastors that are now going through what they call deconstructing their faith. It's basically taking everything that they had once believed and they're changing it because, well, I don't think God really meant that. Or, you know, I don't think that that's really the way it is. I think everyone just goes to heaven. Or I don't really think there's a hell. It's happening. And think of how many people that will influence in a negative way. Let's encourage one another to stand strong and to stand true as Christians, as children of the Lord, right? Encourage your brother and sister in the Lord. Encourage Pastor Ivan. Encourage Pastor Cindy. Encourage the others that work here with the children, with the youth, with the young adults. Encourage them. Pray for them. Uphold them with support. Be there to say, I'm praying for you. They're trying to rightly discern the word of God. And they need your prayers. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. I hope you all still love me. I sure do love you guys. I don't say any of these things to be hard. I say them because I think, dear God, time is short. And we as Christians, we better get it. We better get it. We better get it and we better get it right because people are watching us.
And I don't want to be offering dirty water to anybody. I want to be offering them the true word of God, the living word, the living water of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me, please? Oh, precious Jesus, precious Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise your holy name. Thank you for being with us tonight, precious God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us here tonight that, dear God, you would help us to keep our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, our minds focused on you and you alone. Do not allow us to turn to the right or to the left, but keep us straight and narrow, pointed and focused on you, precious Jesus. May we not be led astray by anything or anyone. May we not be negatively influenced by anything or anyone, precious God, that would mislead us in any way from your truth. May we, Lord God, know the Bible for ourselves. May you bring the word of God alive in each and every one of us as an individual. May we not just be like a sponge who sets and soaks whatever somebody else is preaching to us, but instead may we search and seek out the word of God for ourselves so that we can rightly divide the truth, so that we can rightly know if someone is saying something that does not line up with the word of God, so that we can have that discernment, so that we can have that wisdom, so that we can have that knowledge. Precious God, we do not want to be deceived. We do not want to give in to things, dear Lord God, that is just like drinking from a dirty well or a dirty mud puddle. God, we want living water. We want the living water of you, precious Jesus. Living water where we will never thirst again. Oh, precious God, keep our hearts and our minds and our eyes focused on you. May we be able to show forth you in our lives, precious God, so that others may see and come to know you in your holy name. Amen.